This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Kanyokahage Nation in Totiage, also known as Montreal, Quebec, the original lands of many First Nations, including the Kanyokahage of the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, Huron-Wendat, Abenaki, and Anishinaabe. To learn what land you're on, go to native-land.ca. You're listening to The Lily Pot. Hello, friends, and welcome to the first episode of The Lily Pod with your host, Linnea Shanti. It's me. Hi, what is up? I am so happy to have you here with me. Welcome to this little online space. Oh man, I'm so excited that this is happening. <laughs> um, before I dive in, I want to introduce myself a little bit, give a little blurb on who you're listening to. Um, yeah, so like I said, my name is Linnea. My pronouns are she, her. I am a 21-year-old living in Sotiage, also known as Montreal, going to Concordia University, doing that online right now. You know how it be. Um, yeah, that is that. <laughs> I'm studying therapeutic recreation with a minor in interdisciplinary studies and sexuality, which I love having a grand old time over here. Um, other than that... I am an artist, a little bit of a writer. I don't really know if I can call myself that anymore, but I'm still going with it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's kind of the general gist of me. I want to share a little bit of my intent of creating this podcast, a little bit of my inspiration, some of where this idea stemmed from a little bit. So basically, my overall intent was to create a space for people of marginalized genders to share personal experiences, thoughts, ideas, questions, general wonderings about subjects from intersectional feminism to Marxism to queer theory, kind of anything under the big umbrella of topics that I'm really passionate about and I love talking about with people. So this first episode, we're going to start talking about internalized misogyny and the I'm not like other girls trope, which is what sparked the inspiration for this podcast. Thank you, Haley. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you're the best. And yeah, I am very ready to dive into this topic. I have so much to say. Okay, so first of all, I want to fully come out as one of those women who absolutely 100% went through a big, like, big phase of <laughs> adopting this I'm not like other girls narrative and applying it to literally every facet of my life as a teenager. Oh my god, was it ever a huge defining characteristic of my teenage self honestly I think I think I really started to get out of it once I was like 17 most likely I feel like I had some really good ego checks that year um but that was not that long ago I'm only 21 so that was what one two three four 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 ish years ago maybe a little bit less um 
Yeah. <laughs> so hello, it is me, one of those OG, your, I'm not like other girls, gals over here on this end. And so I am fully speaking from experience of being that really stereotypical trope of a girl who had so much internalized misogyny growing up and uh, I've learned so much from it now but I want to I want to dive into that a little bit and just like completely lay that out on the table that like that was very much a real thing for me for a long time and just kind of discussing what kind of things it brought up, how it harmed my relationships, how it harmed my self-esteem, just like general picking apart that facet of myself that was so huge for so long. So basically what identifying as not like other girls does is it separates yourself from all other women based in these ideas of what a woman should be, how a woman should dress and act, and it just clumps other women into a category of less than, less than whatever you are, which is edgy or unique or different or whatever. And it just, it perpetuates the idea that you shouldn't want to be like these other women because it's shameful or embarrassing to be a part of that group. And the reason why we want to separate ourselves from that group of other women, the others, is because of internalized misogyny and this idea that the only way to be desirable to the male gaze, the only way to be seen as valuable is by denouncing yourself as just another woman, of a woman that's like every other woman, which is rooted in these misogynistic ideals of women's value in comparison to men and boys. So by saying, by announcing that you're not like these other girls, you're not like these other women, you're putting yourself up on that pedestal and looking down on these other women from a misogynistic view and saying that you're better than them. This way of identifying yourself as not like other girls totally relies on diminishing the rest of women and girls. It relies on you believing that everything that is clumped into that category of woman, femininity, passivity, kindness, girliness, is bad or shameful. And so we end up saying things like, I hate pink and I wear Converse with my prom dress, and I, I don't listen to Taylor Swift, I don't listen to One Direction, those things are so basic. And just generally putting down anything that can be seen as feminine, whether it's like music or clothing or attitudes or makeup. Makeup was a really big thing for me of somehow thinking that I was cooler or better because I didn't wear any makeup in high school, which was just another way of me putting myself up on that pedestal of not like these other girls around me who do wear makeup and maintaining that status of being super unique and quirky and cool and different. And what this shows, this bashing of femininity and anything that could be related to this idea of womanhood or girlhood is how much more value masculine activities have in our society. Things like junk food and certain movies like Fight Club or I don't know, I'm trying to think of 
like Pulp Fiction, lots of like all the Tarantino movies, basically (laughs) things like that, that are attributed to masculinity and boyishness. Um, They just carry so much more value than say Legally Blonde or Bring It On or other like, I'm thinking of like 2000s classics, like kind of rom-commy type movies that were just as culturally defining arguably as um for example like tarantino movies very very different type of movie of course but what i'm saying is that these things whether they're movies or books or attitudes or food or whatever the masculine ones always carry more value and they're always seen as cooler or better and so that's why so many girls who are really insecure and seeking that validation want to separate themselves from those feminine things like legally blonde and pink and wearing skirts and taking care of your nails and curling your hair because they want to be seen as more valuable based on societal standards of what is seen as valuable and what is not. And what is seen as valuable is anything that is not feminine. The other thing that this does is it just perpetuates these gender stereotypes of what women are supposed to like and what men are supposed to like and categorizing people into these stereotypes based on if they like the color pink or if they like action movies. And then we internalize these stereotypes because it's what we've been fed for literally our entire lives. And it isn't until we can see that from the outside and recognize that we've just been conditioned into believing all of this stuff about gender and femininity and masculinity and everything in between. Once we really step outside of our own view that has been shaped by so much social conditioning and so much internalized prejudice, we can really step back and notice the ways in which we've internalized these toxic ways of thinking, whether it's misogynistic or racist or classist or ableist. We can really step back and be like, whoa, okay. Why have I been thinking this way for so long? Oh, it's because this and this and this. And then we can really start to unpack all of those internalized beliefs that we have projected onto others in our lives and probably really screwed up a lot of our own relationships as well as our relationships with ourselves. I'm speaking from experience here, but having so much of that internalized misogyny for so long really damaged my relationship with myself especially and my own self-esteem and my sense of identity and all that jazz um and I've learned so much from it and I definitely laugh at it sometimes because it's so ridiculous when I think about it but I also think that it's really important for all of us who have had this experience to really sit with the discomfort of knowing that we upheld those really toxic ideals for so long and how we let that take control of so many of our relationships and our own identity and the people we hung out with and the stuff we consumed and how much it limited us and maybe is still limiting us if we haven't yet fully let go of that internalized misogyny. Now the actual process of unlearning This internalized misogyny is not like an easy, quick, rip off the band-aid kind of fix. Um, For me, a lot of the realization about my own internalized misogyny came from being around other women who were really grounded in themselves and their identity. 
They had lots of confidence. They were living their best lives, doing their own thing. And I was so intimidated by all of this confidence because it was something that I was really lacking in myself. And this is exactly what we do. We project our own insecurities onto those who have the qualities or the attitude that we wish we had ourselves or those who are more actualized and more confident in their identities than we are. And being around all of these confident, empowered, wonderful, beautiful women really made me look in the mirror and realize that I had so much inner work to do and finding the confidence in my own self-esteem and also recognizing how much toxicity I was carrying around with me and projecting onto these other women as well as internalizing to myself and my own expression of my identity and my own understanding of who I was. I think that the harshest judgments that we make about other people are when we see bits of ourselves in them that we haven't fully actualized within our own identities yet because of fear or insecurity or shame. And so we pick apart the little things that we can see in other people that we're jealous of or that we wish we had ourselves. And while this explains why so many of us are so judgmental of other women, this 100% does not excuse it. This behavior is so toxic and is rooted in misogynistic ideals. And we need to just cut that shit out. Something that I like to do if I ever catch myself thinking negatively about somebody else, um, I just take a sec and I ask myself, where is this judgment coming from? Am I feeling vulnerable right now? Am I feeling any insecurities that are coming up? Where have these insecurities stemmed from? And what can I do to ground myself so that I won't project these feelings of insecurity onto others? And checking in with myself in these moments of insecurity and projection as a way of holding myself accountable and catching myself before I start feeding into that idea of needing to separate myself from whoever it is I'm judging. The other thing that's important to remember is it isn't entirely your fault for thinking this way, for internalizing all of this misogyny because it's rooted in conditioning from the patriarchy, but It is up to each of us to put in the work of questioning and unlearning our own ways of thinking because these ways of thinking are messages transmitted to us through the power of systems of oppression, systems that we're born under, we're taught under, develop relationships under, and it's no wonder why we have so much internalized misogyny because once we recognize how much power patriarchal messages have over us, we can really realize where so much of our thinking comes from and why we need to cut that shit out. The other thing that I want to get into is how common I think it is. I don't know about anymore. I feel like in my teenage years, this was a really common thing for boys to tell me was that I wasn't like other girls. And a lot of mostly guys, I like, I have never had a girl tell me this in a relationship, I don't think. Um, but they think that it's a compliment and it's the same reason why we think it's a compliment when we say that I'm, that we're not like other girls. Um, but I think what we really need to talk about is that it is so not a compliment and it's, it's just feeding more into this idea that in order for women to be seen as valuable or cool or unique, they can't be like other women and they can't be seen as feminine. 
And by separating these women from every other woman, you're putting her on a pedestal that she should not be on, that nobody should be on. And by doing so, you're clumping every other woman into a category of less than this woman who you've just put up on the pedestal. And it celebrates this idea that femininity is shameful, it's bad, should not be recognized as something that is important or lovable. So basically what I want you to get out of this is that this is not a compliment and please stop saying this to people whether it's said with good intentions or not. It carries so much baggage with it that is really misogynistic and really just like not cool dude so just i don't know try to refrain from saying it say compliments that are actually compliments and not bashing other women for the sake of lifting up another one something that i want to share um it's an article about the i'm not like other girls line written by sophia leon Um, It's called Not Like Other Girls, A Tale of the Modern Feminine Identity, and she ends the article by saying these words. To say one is not like other girls is a misrepresentation of how femininity manifests in the modern world. The act of identifying with womanhood is more complicated and dimensional than we can communicate with language. There is no cryptic collective of other girls existing singularly and similarly. We are all the other girl in the nebulous feminine identity, a solely independent experience. I think that just wraps it all up really well of simply saying that we are all other girls. We are all our own people. We all have a wide dimension of interests and qualities and characteristics and likes and dislikes. And none of us should be clumped into this category of basic or quirky or unique and we shouldn't put ourselves in these categories either even if we think that we're doing something good by doing it the other thing i want to bring up also is even the girls who aren't like other girls in movies and tv shows and whatnot they're quirky and unconventional and different in a cute and packageable way like they can eat three burgers and a whole pizza and they still remain a size two. Or they don't wear makeup, but they're still really conventionally pretty according to beauty standards. It's finding that balance between being really desirable according to the male gaze standard while still separating yourself enough from other women and from femininity that you're unique and quirky and maybe a little bit tomboyish that you can eat pizza and still stay stay skinny and you can not wear makeup and still be super hot This all reminds me of the cool girl monologue in Gone Girl, which if you have not listened to, cannot recommend that one enough. It is so good. So good. In fact, I'm going to pull it up right now and just read a snippet from it because it's so freaking good. So this is just a little snippet from the monologue that I think ties in really well to what I was just touching on. Um, She's a cool girl. Being the cool girl means I am hot, brilliant, funny woman who adores football, poker, dirty jokes, and burping, who plays video games, drinks cheap beer, loves threesomes and anal sex, and jams hot dogs and hamburgers into her mouth like she's hosting the world's biggest culinary gangbang while somehow maintaining a size two, because cool girls are above all hot, 
hot and understanding. Cool girls never get angry. They only smile in a chagrined, loving manner and let their men do whatever they want. Go ahead, shit on me. I don't mind. I'm the cool girl. I just, I will never get over it. It's so good. That's not the whole thing. Um, I encourage you to either read the book or watch the movie. It's not for a light viewing. It's very intense. Um, but that monologue, oh my god, chef's kiss. It is so good. I love it so much. Um, and it just totally sums up this unrealistic standard of needing to be, as a woman, needing to fit all of these right boxes while still maintaining patriarchal standards of beauty and of femininity. I think I could do a whole episode on the cool girl trope, so I'm going to shut up there. (laughs) But I just wanted to share that little bit because, oh my god, it's so good. So I think we're going to wrap it up there. I have had a very good time letting all of this out and talking about this a little bit. Um, It's something I'm definitely going to revisit in the future because it's got so many layers to it that I think are so interesting to unpack and to really analyze. Um, And so this is not the last you'll be hearing of this trope. I can guarantee you that. Um, But yeah, I guess I will wrap it up there. I think what I want to do is leave a little takeaway um, for each of us, all of you love us listening, and also for myself for this week of actively and intentionally choosing this week to indulge in all of those pleasures or interests that maybe we have stifled for fear of appearing basic or too feminine or too masculine or too whatever of indulging in those whether that means listening to an old taylor swift album on repeat and dancing around your apartment in frilly pink underwear and just going crazy or whether that means playing a bunch of video games and eating two whole pizzas by yourself or watching a good old 90s rom-com just fully indulge in something that you really genuinely enjoy and brings you so much joy, but you have maybe in the past steered away from it because you were scared of being judged or being called too boyish or too feminine. Whatever that means for you, however that shows up, just take some pleasure in it this week and fully embrace it. Have fun. Just let go of whatever it is that is holding you back from fully announcing I love Pretty Little Liars or I hate Tarantino movies (laughs) anything that you want to do just go out and do it and I'm gonna do the same I don't know what I'm gonna do yet but I am excited to see how this goes and how empowering it's probably gonna feel I don't know maybe that's silly (laughs) but I feel like just like fully indulging in watching a really good movie that I used to kind of feel a little bit embarrassed about for liking or wearing an outfit that is super hyper feminine that maybe I would have not been caught dead wearing in high school or just I don't know I honestly I really think I'm gonna blast some Taylor Swift I'm really ready for that So good luck with all of that this week. I hope that it goes well for you. Have fun with it. Don't overthink it. Just indulge, my friends. 
Thank you all so much for listening. I am so happy to have you here with me in this little corner of the internet. I cannot wait to see where it goes and I'm so appreciative of everybody that has lasted this long to me rambling. (laughs) So good luck with all of your little indulgences. Indulgences? Is that a word? I don't know. Okay, thanks for tuning in to the Lily Pod this week. I'll see you next time. 